Well, for everyone who's been asking when part six, where's Stone Ocean? How long till Stone Ocean? The answer is finally now. Welcome everyone to the return of the Anime Declassified JoJo's podcast. After two years and some pretty great OVAs to hold us over, we finally have the release of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean. And joining me today to discuss this is both El Jefe, Rizwan Merchant. Yo, welcome back. And as always, Anthony Davis. What a, what a, what a. All right, guys. Uh, we are here at the, essentially the, pen, or <laughs> the, the final part of the regular JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, timeline before we get to the part seven reboot. But, oh, first things first, we got to talk about the opening that they released a few days before uh, Netflix uh, started showing all 12 episodes. Pretty banger opening. It is. At first, I wasn't really feeling it at first, but after like a couple tries, I'm like, you know what? I was literally listening to to it in my car driving home from work. (laughs) I absolutely love the return of the 3D. I was not expecting it. I thought it was something for the first three parts. And then as soon as I see it, I'm like, oh, oh, this is good. It's like we're back home in the world of Zozos again. And it is fantastic to be back. No, definitely is. And, like, just, like, kind of that upbeat, like, rocking. It, like, definitely feels like a mid-2000s anime opening, which makes sense, or mid-2000s, early 2010s, which makes sense, considering this is supposed to be taking place in 2011, uh, timeline-wise, which, back at the time of the original manga release, was... Still quite a few years away, but it's weird now that the official anime <laughs> adaptation is out. That was a decade ago. <laughs> Y'all, are we old yet? Ancient. We're ancient. No, I don't like this. We're, uh, we're basically the stone. Timeline. We're basically the stone mask. We're, we're that old. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> Uh, so, so the first episode we get the setup right away, and you know, like all parts, like this one is in a pretty unique setting. Like, uh, Jolene, the first female JoJo's, uh, which, as a quick aside, one of the most hilarious uh, headlines I saw this week is like, af- finally, after so many years, the first female JoJo is here. It's about time. Back of my head is like. Yeah, this was like 18 years ago, guys. Where the hell were, have you been? Right. Well, a lot of people don't read the manga, so... Fair point, but... I we mean... Have, we did already have this still 18 years ago. Yeah. I mean, so, like, my point is, people like me... Mm-hmm. So, I know very briefly and abstractly part six, part seven, and... Part eight. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're on nine yet, but there. No, uh, part eight is the last part that just officially wrapped up a few months. Yeah. Ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I I I vaguely know the plot of part six until I watch the anime, 
Mm-hmm. And mind you, as of this recording, I've already seen the first six episodes because I thought we're all going to watch the first six and then podcast and then we'll do the next six. But yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't know, you know, my, my first thought was, okay, it's going to be about Jolene and Dale, daughter of Jotro. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. So like, and I only knew that because I went to a JoJo's panel where they talked about it. But if I were just watching the anime and I was my only interest in the, in the franchise, I probably would not know about Jolene without doing right. some Googling and stuff, you know? But, like, if you're just a, ca- a casual fan who's watching JoJo's part one through five as they come out on Currency or Netflix or whatever, and you don't take it on yourself to do a little Googling to see if there's, like, a sequel or manga or anything, you're not going to know. Well, True. So True to an extent, but there have been a couple of video games that have released in the time that JoJo's has been released uh, as an anime. True. And, you know, they weren't just exclusive to Japan like the last couple of games had been. They were pretty, they were released pretty out there and they were marketed pretty well, too. Yeah, I'll so, give you that. Like, so unless you were super just living in a rock or not paying attention, it's like it's out there. Yeah. And if you go to a convention any time in the last year, one of the most popular uh, female cosplays has been Jolene. Yeah. For yeah. good reason. She is a and... very good protagonist. Oh, see, it's fantastic. And I mean, Anthony and I, when we went to MechaCon, however many years ago that was together, we made a stop at the local JoJo's panel that was run by an old friend of ours who mm-hmm. did part of Golden Wind Reviews with us last year. To no, two years ago. Two years I ago, forget, yep. I forget COVID happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to forget it happened. Let me put it that way. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we saw a lot of sisters. We saw cosplays of like Zolene. We saw cosplays of like all these characters. Hell, we saw characters from like part seven and eight too. And I don't understand any of that yet. But part you know, I yeah, know I, a I, little bit about part seven. That's as, that's about as far as I know. Like a little bit of part seven. I know there's some horror racing at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm think actually- that's part eight. Kind of dreading how they're going to adapt the next part because the next part is going to involve a lot of racing and a lot of horses. It may be CGI for the most part. For the the, the horses, I mean, not the entire anime. I have faith. So that's a problem for future us to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. We got to talk about Stone Ocean, and it was a heck of an intro, uh, that first episode. Like, totally. Like, very slow, but it was mainly doing its role in just introducing you to Jolene. Like, heavy emphasis on her and kind of how she got herself into that situation. And that lawyer with the weird ears that just screams. Oh, God, look, look at those at my ears. <laughs> that just screams, yo, man, look at my lawyer. I'm going to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you could tell he was safety from the beginning. There's nothing about him that screamed integrity. Right. None. 
you know, just a, you know, some some sexual humor here and there as well. She, yeah. Uh, she got caught by the guard uh, doing her thing, which just was funny. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, the kind of issues that you wouldn't get with the male uh, JoJo's protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. You have more fun if you were a Peter Paul or Mm-hmm. But, I mean, first episode, like, great solid introduction to not just Jolene, but also who is more than likely going to end up being the Joe Bro of Part 6, Hermes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of getting the jail set up, kind of put out towards you, like, hey, this is, you know, this is how this part is going to be. There's not going to be a lot of traveling around or moving around, like... It's gonna be in this jail. Which at first you're thinking, well, how are how is there gonna be kinda how are they gonna be fighting people? How are they gonna be encountering enemies? Which eventually that gets answered a few episodes down from here. But it just brings up like just basically a more unique way, you know. Part five we had people who were uh, purposefully stabbed by arrows as part of their initiation to join the gang. Part 4, we had an entire town that was shot at by uh, Okayasu's br- older brother uh, to kind of experiment to try to find a way to get their dad, but that's how a lot of the people got their stands in Part 4. And we know in Part 3, you know, they were servants of Dio. So in this one, it's like, okay, there is no kind of Gang initiation. There is no servant to deal yet. Emphasis on that word. Yes. Uh, yes. So it's like okay. So what is going to stop Jolene from basically wrecking house if and when she gets her stand? Because she doesn't really get it till maybe about halfway through the episode, if I remember correctly. Yeah. When yeah. she gets uh, stabbed by the uh, not arrow looking thing at all. Hmm. <laughs> like, sounds <there's> a... suspicious. <laughs> it yeah, sounds yeah. like a uh, stone mask. <laughs> so, you know, it was a pretty good episode setup. What do you guys think of how episode one basically just got the ball rolling on setting you up for how part six is going to go? I'll let Anthony go first. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know I've read the manga, but it was like so long ago. So like, I can tell they kind of changed some things a bit. I think the, uh, (laughs) the embarrassing, uh, Jolene basically, uh, I can't even say, I can't even say this without actually making it inappropriate. I guess, uh, she was, she was, yeah, she was doing, because she was in a happy place and got caught. I think that might have actually happened much later, I believe. I'm not sure. It could be either later or maybe they did reference it. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's been that long ago. But I know that some things the ma- some things in the anime were changed in the manga, so it's not, it's it's mostly mostly accurate for the most part, but I guess they just changed in order, the order of things. Because I do you think that she wasn't initially in 
prison at first. I think they did show how she got there beforehand. I'm so I'm I mean, not sure. The animated that too though, didn't it? Like is there more exposé of like her life before Zale in the manga, is that what you're saying? I think so, yeah. Maybe I could be wrong. But don't, don't quote me on that. I'm just going by what little I remember of the manga. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's a salt but it was a solid adaptation though. It's like the animation was fluid. I love the, the different colors of how like their their could their their color changes. Because you know that's that's a staple in JoJo's that they, they gotta have the the color swaps. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't forget those poses. <laughs> Riz, what do you think of the first episode? I thought it was a really good intro to learning more about Zolene. Um and like Setting the stage for what could be coming, you know, like, she's in jail. She was put in jail because, well, her boyfriend and her um, lawyer framed her and put her in jail. That sucks. And, I mean, you know, that kind of gives you the opening to say, okay, Jolene spends the rest of the season in jail doing antics and hiding. So, hey, I'm all in for that. That sounds like fun. Definitely. And at the very least... She did get the revenge on the lawyer at the end of the episode. Oh, that was Hell so yeah. satisfying. Yes. I was all for that. He tumbles so on. Oh, oh, the AC. <laughs> like, dude, no, you get, you're choking. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that first episode, like. I think they, I think they did confirm he did die from that, from that crash, I think. I'm not sure. Maybe in the manga, like, it's pretty safe to assume that he was either really injured or he's probably dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't just walk off a, off a uh, injury like that and no. not either be dead or, like, you know, incapacitated. Yeah. Not that I care about him, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so... From there, we jump into the second episode where we, you know, she's getting into the prison attire, getting everything taken care of. Uh, they, I know this one, they did change some things from the manga because there was a panel where there was a, uh, there's a person who was transitioning, there's a female who's transitioning into a male because uh, they're, like bringing them the prisoners in and Jolene's like, wait, this is a female prison. And it's like, she's transitioning. And then she looks down and says, we're in the dawn of a new age. I know they cut that out. Probably. Oh, they, I think that you're, you're right. They did do that. Yeah. Probably smart to kind of avoid, you know, some of the issues that Netflix has had with, uh, transgendered, uh, Transgender, uh, what's the word I'm thinking about? Sensitivity. Uh, they've mm-hmm. not had the best record of that in the last couple of months. So Yeah, it's been very so rough for them. It may not have been a Netflix call. It may have been a Warner Bros. Japan call or a David Production call. But I think it was whoever made the call, probably correct. You know, it would have been a nice gag uh, joke, but at the same time, not everyone probably would have found it funny. So Right. And it yeah, really doesn't add much to the show. I mean, or... it 
it only adds the slapstick humor of haha whatever trans stuff but that's not necessarily something that the majority of fan base would appreciate and i mean i understand in the 80s and 90s it wasn't well known about trans issues and all that so um they weren't as understanding of it as they are today right right probably a good thing just to cut out because even in the manga it's like maybe a three panel joke that they put in yeah yeah Uh, we kind of the second episode we kind of see some of the guards the warden is weird af uh i do like his uh crocodile charlotte she's very cute he could stay the warden can leave those eyes though this has got to be one of those parts that just has like the weirdest looking characters in this part well it is Bar taking place in florida so they're <laughs> florida man you know they what you're being, not they're being you're accurate not even, with how they look like you're not even wrong because like a bunch of youtubers have said the exact same thing so i'm like I, yeah I've been, florida, I've been to florida once and i can confirm the people do look like the warden and the two uh female guards we saw Miss mm-hmm. Maximum Security. <laughs> but we meet our first minor villain, Gwess. Mm-hmm. Riz, what was your thought on Gwess and her Stan Goo Goo dolls? And what she was doing with it? Well, okay, so when we first meet Gwess and we see the bird, you know there's something up, but you can't tell what's up. And you have a very good inkling that it's a stand because, look, we're in JoJo's and that's just what we do in the, in the staying thing. Well, that, but, and we also saw that she had the same pendant, too. That yeah. That Jolene's pendant because she had yeah. thrown it away. Right. I, I know we overlooked this, but it's because I wanted to bring it up in the next episode. Uh, Jolene doesn't exactly have the best relationship with her father, Jotaro. No, and you'll see that exemplified a lot more later on. But that's not her here nor there. Exactly. Um, save that for so my so my thoughts on her and the stand mm-hmm. is first impressions. Uh, she needs help. Yeah. Um, like a lot of help. Because okay, so she had a human that she can shrink. So she can shrink things in her stand, and she shrunk a human down to like the size of a bird gave the person a bird to live inside. Like, she disemboweled the entire bird, assuming they took out all the organs and the bones and everything, and just held it out, gave it to the person to live inside, and they wanted him to tweet like a bird, because, oh, how kawaii is that? I'm like, there ain't nothing kawaii about being in a dead bird's body and surfing for this deranged killer. Like, no, that's... That's... No. <laughs> and, you know, having Jolene also, like, be put through that and then later on um, being put into rat suit and being told that you must do everything with the... What was that noise? The cheap cheap? Yeah. Squeak, yeah. Squeak tweet, yeah. Um, that was equally creepy and just... No. So... Creepy as hell. There is no, like... To me, there's no cool factor. None whatsoever. 
it's just it's it's meant to give the audience something creepy to look at, and I understand that it's a Jojo's thing. I get it. Mm-hmm. Miguel, what do you think of it? I was gonna pass it on to Anthony first, but oh well, Anthony, what do you think it. of it then? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if this was actually intentional or not, but it's almost as if she's the combination of two past stand users and they kind of molded together like both the stand power and the kind of personality just a tiny bit i think you know where i'm going with this uh he she kind of reminds me like her power reminds me of i'm trying to think of his name uh he neurons no neurotcha fought him yeah he, he could speak yeah, yeah. Part five um he can shrink things, like shrink people and things. Yep. Um, like that power. And then she kind of reminds me of like, like Chocolata when it comes to like, you know, how she like pets, you know, like pets and like be, uh, has a little, oh, good boy, good, good, good boy, good boy, good boy, you know, type of uh, personality. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure, like, was that intentional? Did they, did they do that? Were like, hey, this is a reference to these two characters from the last part or is it just like like, like a coincidence no i think it's more like a coincidence because uh trying to remember because i don't remember how exactly uh the guy that narancia fought how his stand works uh but uh in terms of what I think Araki was more or less trying to set up. Oh, like, I, I know. Uh, so his stand, whenever he like cuts things, he can actually like uh, shrink things. He can shrink himself too. That's that was the major, major difference. He can shrink himself and other objects and thing and uh and people. Mm-hmm. But she, but 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 get what Quest can't. No, That's the major Gwes, difference. With Quest, she has to be, or the stand has to be. It feels like almost right next to them to be able to do it, or yeah, relatively mm-hmm. close. Like she has a shorter distance to do. But the thing yeah. about Gwes is, I think more or less Araki was just setting up like, uh, you're in a prison, you are going to meet a lot of unhinged people, and so bit. I don't think yeah. he's really setting her up to be like this is Chocolata but female, but more or less like, hey, this is the kind of crazy people. You're gonna be seeing a lot of in here, because mm-hmm, you also gotta right. remember the people in here that are in jail are in jail for various crimes they'd committed. You know, these aren't Definitely. innocent people. These aren't new. No. They, they could be. They could have been in gangs, but these are not gonna be your normal everyday people. Mm-hmm. So I right. think it was more or less to set it up like, hey most of the villains here are going to be kind of unhinged and kind of really not have any kind of sense of mercy or sympathy because they are criminals, which I think he did a good job of kind of showing the craziness of what some of the convicts are going to be like here. Uh, and apparently, apparently even, I think, even in this prison, like, money, you know, they... Money is like important to to oh, yeah. this, yeah. Which is the first because usually it's like you won't you won't be able to smuggle money, especially if you don't get caught. And I'm just like, how do you have money in jail? But then they realize, oh, we have to kind of smuggle it in, otherwise we don't have it. 
or you bribe the guards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, which, oddly enough, you'll probably see a lot of that. Yeah. You probably yeah. will. But I think it was, I think what this also served us to show is like, some of the stand fights that we're going to be seeing here are going to be unique. Definitely. One of the things I knew going into it uh, from other friends, it's like part six is where, you know, we say this about each previous part, but it's been holding true. Like the way the stands are used, just keep getting more and more unique from each other. And, you know, this is kind of showing the first one. Gwes herself really wasn't going to fight Jolene. She was just messing around with her. She didn't need to be that yeah, close to her to be able to do it. Yeah. So we just don't have the, oh, I can just walk up and beat the shit out of her, which does eventually happen. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm also going to use this opportunity to talk about how sick Jolene's theme is. Like, Oh, yeah. That like oh it's it reminds me a little bit of a it's a mix of Giorno and Joshua Stan music to me like theme music yeah I can hear my I can hear it too like you see that huh like it it feels like a mix of those two to me especially the piano part like the dun 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 yeah yeah it's like catchy and it's like Okay. Like I like the times they play it, it's really good. And you know, this first stand fight, you know, I, I think it might out of the six episodes, I it is definitely I mean, we only see two fights, but that's besides the point. I'd say it's definitely the lesser one and out of like the entirety of the 12 episodes, I would definitely say it's at the bottom, but it was still good and enjoyable. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jolene establishes that she is not going to be walked over by uh, anyone in the jail. Because, uh, you know, she does kind of get pushed around. She's still learning the ropes of how jail works or how the prison works. So she kind of establishes this, this like, yeah, no, you're not going to F with me. If I have this power, no. Go ahead, Riz. I don't remember what episode this was in, but her revenge episode on that guy and the girl with the bathroom was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what episode I was in. I think it was this one or the next one. No, it's um, it's a few episodes down the line because uh, I believe she... I think it might be the next one, actually. Okay. Because uh, I remember Gwes, like trying to act all nice to her afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And she kind of shows her the girl who's getting bullied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I believe it's the next episode. Which is yeah. a great segue into the, the next, next episode. episode. The visitor. <laughs> we have a, this is even though it's technically a, even though it's listed as a two parter, this felt like a three parter episode. It did. Yeah. The way the pacing was it was just that good. And you know, she finally gets she finally meets her dad. And the way I could say sum up this next fight, uh I didn't realize Araki came up with the idea of Inception like eight years before the movie came out. Because, whoa, <laughs> that was a mind trip of a fight. Yeah? Right. And, like, the fact that you didn't even, they didn't even realize it until, like, 
towards the end of the second episode of the two-parter was who but uh anthony what do you think of kind of how they introduced jotaro into part six Oh yeah, they they definitely um made his introduction very like memorable because of how he's still stoic as ever, <laughs> you, and he's still wearing hats that that cover his ha- hair that look weird, but it still works somehow. <laughs> um, it's but you could obviously, bigger. yeah, it did. I'm just like I just I kind of like I think part four has had has, has it was his best look. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, I still think he looks looks great. I just think part four was like his best look, in my personal opinion. What, you I mean, like the leopard printed pants. <laughs> Not really. I mean, so to me, part three outfits probably still my favorite. Um, I, yeah, I just think part three was like his best outfit because of the black outfit he had going on. Part four, it ma- was- it, yeah. Yeah, it matched. It, it matches everything. Yeah. yeah. Part four. I mean, he's a marine biologist, and he wears white. <laughs> that's not the Dotoro I grew up knowing. Well, he grew up. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but he grew responsible. Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you want him to be responsible? No. <laughs> No. So you you prefer the Jotaro that cuts out his mom and just beats the pet rat people for no reason? Yeah. I mean, at least you're honest. <laughs> I can't be mad at that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I mean, are, are these real questions you're asking me? I mean, they're as real as they can be. But but are you being serious? Kinda, but not really. <laughs> okay, good. As long as you're not really, we can live with it. We can work with this. We got this. We we can we can work with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can totally. I can work stop this. We can work stop it. It's not a big deal. Because he, he's not. It's just it's just weird to me to see him grow up. You know, like to be responsible and be a marine biologist and all that. It's just weird. He said hashtag um, not my Jotaro, my, not my Jotaro. <laughs> no, no, he's still a Jotaro because all Jotaros are valid. It's just. How valid are they on the spectrum of valid to not valid? Right. But uh, before she goes in there to meet with Jotaro, uh, we get introduced to another main member of the cast. Uh, you know, his name, he doesn't get shown until later, but we meet Emporio, the little boy repping the Cubs. Uh, for that, he's already on a na- minus one on my scale, but we'll <laughs> see if he grows on me as the series goes on. Uh, but how do you, because, uh, yeah, you, we also got to remember, this isn't just a prison for women, but there's also a men's prison and a juvie hall. So, go ahead. I'll go ahead, Driss. I was going to say, my my impressions of him when I first saw him, and I, I'm guessing that's what you're going to ask one of us, was our impressions of him. Um, my first impression was that this is a stand of some kind. Because I don't think I caught on to the fact that this is a juvenile detention center as well. So the best explanation I had when I first saw him was like, oh, look, somebody has a stand that summons children looking things to be messengers or something. 
So that was the first impression I had. No, definitely little. Uh, Emporio is. Uh, we'll see. He has. Uh, I wasn't expecting to see a little kid either, but I mean, if I hadn't seen the preview, like I wouldn't have expected this at all. But right, you know, he seemed pretty. Like he seemed pretty knowledgeable, saying, "Hey, don't go see the visitor who's coming to see you." Yeah. And at that point, Jolene didn't even know she had a visitor coming. So this, he knows more than what he's allowed. Yeah, definitely the more. But now we got more important issues to talk about. Why does this Jangali guy be packing so much cake on the behind? Like, good <laughs> God, that boy is thick. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be your first question. (laughs) Like, of all the things you would ask us first, that was never something that ever crossed my mind. I mean, it was noticeable. It took up, like, two-thirds of the screen when it came up. I mean, now that you mention it, okay, yeah, sir, maybe. But, like, I never considered that. Until now, and I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> oh, hey, JoJo's gives fan service for everyone. I mean, look, man, I'm all for that. It's 2021. Everyone deserves fan service. I mean, also JoJo, like you know, he wasn't. He was a. He was like you would think JoJo as a parent would be, just mm-hmm. straight to the point, not even BSing Jolie. He's like, listen, you were set up by this guy. And, you know, they they just answer a lot of questions relatively quickly. Like, why were you set up? He's the one who got, they're the ones who got the lawyer. And goodness gracious, you forget that Dio was around for such a long time that he would still even have fanatics like 30 years after his death. Yeah. I mean... It's not that long ago, though. I mean, 30 years in the span of, like, all this is not a big deal. I mean, it could even be that, you know, this this is a kid of, like, one of Dio's followers or something, and they took out the mantle when they got old enough. But, I mean, well, not 30 years, but because Dio was killed, what, in 88? And this is 2011, so 11, so 23 years after Dio. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty wild that he there's that many of his followers still running around and you know, still wanting to take revenge on Jotaro for him killing Dio. Look man, the the Speedwagon court company cannot do everything. They really can't. <laughs> they yeah. they they don't even have any stand users from what I can from what I remember. No, they don't. No. They're all Normal. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. It also, sucks to suck. Also, I like how Jotaro's solution to getting her out was just, yeah, F this. We're, I'm just going to break through the walls and get you out of here. We're going to do a prison escape. <laughs> Look, man, he did the best he could as a father, and that's all we can ever ask for man, our man Jotaro to do. <laughs> But, He's like, well, yeah, I love the fact that she's that they could possibly be like on the like criminals on the run. They're just like, dude, like, 
we kind of were almost criminals before in part three, so. <laughs> right. But that just means Zotero has experience doing this. It's not a big deal. None I whatsoever. Like I do like how Jolene just said no, though, and was willing just to walk away. Like, Well, I mean, she doesn't have the best relation with her dad, though. Mm-hmm. But so, the fact that she would rather choose to she would rather choose to stay in prison than run than escape it is like that's how much she doesn't like him. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then we get to the next part where they start getting shot at by the stand user. Which this stand actually took me uh it was a bit confusing for me because I wasn't understanding how it was working until they kind of explain it in the next part, which yeah, Jesus. the aerodynamics part of it or what? Yeah, well, I wasn't entirely sure how he was how he was working. Like I thought the stand was just transporting the bullets, but now that guy's just a very good sniper. He's a really good shot. I mean, I assume what happened was he'd fired a shot. And the bullet made weird turns here and there to finally hit the target. Right. Like, I thought... But it's like not would, how that works. No, I thought he was shooting the sniper. And, like, the stand was basically just creating, like, some kind of wormhole or something that got the bullets there. But no. The stand was just basically telling him how the airflow was going. And he was using that to guide the shot. Like... Yeah. Jeez. And this is where we kind of get into the mind trickery of it, because, you know, there's so many different points where you think they escape or, you know, the sniper followed them in into this fight. What what were your guys' thoughts on that, like on this entire fight itself? It's, it left me with a whole lot of, like, confusion at first, because I'm just like, how, like, how was he able to do all this? And then you realize, oh, he's just using the stand really as like a, like he's ricoch like he's ricocheting with you know the bullets with the, he's just a really good shot too, and he's yeah. just using the stand to kind of like use it as like kind of like a uh, like sonar. It, did that make is that is that the right term for it? Uh, not so much sonar, but uh. Basically, it's just telling him, it's just reading the air flows to him. So it's like kind of a sonar, but like sonar just works by reflecting sound back. This just worked on how the air was moving. So like even when you walk a little bit, kind of the airflow kind of changes because you're moving. You create like a little bit of an airflow when you move. Right. Uh, So like that. That's why Jotaro kept telling her to kind of stick to the wall. That way it doesn't read the airflow. Uh, But yeah, no. It was, like I said, it confused me a little bit until they kind of explained in, like, later on how it actually worked. Riz? Yeah, I, I think I entered this entire thing really just trying to follow. How did this weapon work? The fight was 
pretty well done once it got underway. Um, overall, I really enjoyed the fight and the subsequent chases through the vents and all that. Mm-hmm. And once we got into the vents, it's when we started noticing, wait, something is not quite what it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it was brought up by Jotaro. It's like, okay, but if the sniper was in the men's prison, how did he follow you all the way down here that quickly? And that's when we started getting kind of the Inception stuff where they all kept waking up. I mean, I was convinced that they hadn't woken up, but then they did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is it really? Because it, there's so many layers to it. It's, it's like you can't, you don't know what you're trusting anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, are are nope. they still are they still in a dream world now? At the end of episode six, for example, you know, like those are the kind of things like you you kind of have to wait and see. But yeah, uh, it, it's a great mind trick. And I do like how Jolene woke up because I we did forget to mention this. So this is on me. Uh, the little boy uh, gave her a bone. Uh, to kind yeah. of hold on to. And she used that pain to kind of wake herself up. But, like, they were already in this room that was kind of like... There was goo all over them. And, and, uh... <laughs> and then they throw us into another mind trick where, you know, Jotaro supposedly gets woken up by Stone Free. And he notices right away when Jolene's like use your star platinum to get us out of here. And Jodo's like, I never told you my stand name. And then he wakes up. Dun, dun, dun. Like, I like that kind of different, different dynamic that kind of shows you how Jodo is more seasoned with this kind of stuff. Whereas Jolene, she's never really had to deal with this. Ever. And so she's and it's kind of a thing you see throughout the show. It's like she just goes on instinct. She's not really much of a planner. She just goes with what her gut feeling tells her to go through with. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which leads to uh, the next episode, which also leads to one of the freaking funniest moments of the show. Uh, when they finally both are w- woken up. And <laughs> Jotaro's <laughs> like, Oh, you can't move. You can barely move your stand. And we're on episode five, and he's like, "All right, I need you to move your stand just like a few centimeters closer to me. We can't move. We can't walk out. All right, that's good enough. Just, just her stand, and she goes flying into the fucking. I laughed for like five minutes straight when that happened. Whoa. Oh, that was so good punched me yeah well we're not <laughs> well, doing now so yeah it's like yeah we're out of here now so whatever <laughs> she's like oh like that's why i hate you so much <laughs> 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 i'm telling mom <laughs> mom's not gonna do anything about it right she's not <laughs> but yeah no like i I just like that whole opening setup and, you know, how Jotaro basically had planned for the escape. It's like, 
Uh, we go to the beach. There's a submarine from the Speedwagon Foundation waiting for us. But uh, in that time that they're trying to get out of there, that they were waking up, Jengali finally makes his way down there, disguised as a guard. And one of the f- another very funny moment, it's like, do you see anything down there? No, the thing is, I don't see anyone down there. And the guard, the other guard is talking to them, and he's like, what the hell are you talking about, you idiot? The bar is bent backwards. Instantly shoots the guard, and he's like, thank you for the hint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all the subtle, funny moments like that that I've oh, made yeah. really enjoy the part. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like... Uh, so finally... Uh, we uh we see the other antagonist who is putting them in the trance like sleep. One of the I like the design, but it looks looks scary. White snake. Oh yeah. Uh thoughts, I mean... on, thoughts on that guys. Thoughts on the white snake and its first ability. We'll get to the next one here shortly. Very creepy. It is creepy. Um, yeah, it's creepy as heck, and this ability is not much better. <laughs> so, one thing I think we've all kind of agreed on is like, we like the voice acting for Jolene. What do you guys think about White Snake's uh, VA? Because, oh man, like, I think this might be. Probably the best voice villain we've had. And this isn't to disrespect the other ones, but like, I think since Dio, I think this is just like, every, anytime this thing has talked, it's just got this like spooky, kind of like threatening aura demeanor around it. Did you watch English or Japanese, Mig? I watched uh, subbed. Okay. I watched subbed too. I did too, but I didn't get that feeling that it was that creepy in the voice. I did, so... What feeling did you get, Riz? I mean, to me, it was just another villain, but maybe I have to watch it again. I mean, that arm just not creeped out quickly by voices. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, it's weird, because normally I would get the vibe, but maybe I need to watch it again to listen to it more carefully. Let's say maybe you'll get it more as the next coming episode's show up. It might also yeah. be that you guys have already seen more than the first six, so you might be basing your interpretation off of, like, later stuff. Mm-hmm. Because at least up until six, I'm not super creeped out, but that that is something the thing is, you know, I see more of it. I don't think, I don't think the later episodes will kind of get out the creepy vibe, but you'll definitely get more of the threatening vibe from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Especially once you see like who the actual owner of the stand is. Yeah. But upon first entry, I like I saw this thing and like just hearing the voice, it's like just like get the bad vibes from him, which is good. Like you don't want like happy go lucky like hey what's up guys kind of vibe from your villain. You you, you want a villain. But yeah. we see Jotaro kind of immediately notice that Jungali's stand is only the uh, 
the thing that tells him the bullet thing. He wasn't the one to put them to sleep. And he finds himself actually trapped because he chose to save his daughter. And we see kind of one of the first twists. Because uh, in most parts, of jo- or like in part four when Jotaro showed up, you know, he was kind of the most threatening guy they had, or the part four crew had. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, like none of the villains wanted to mess with Jotaro. But like here, he's taken out of commission super early on to kind of I... set you up like, don't, these villains are nothing to F with. Nope. I mean, I was surprised that Jotaro was taken out that quickly. Mm-hmm. And that leads me to think that either these are really strong villains compared to like the last couple of seasons, but I call that I call it BS on that because that's a disrespect to Dio at the very least. Um, so that leaves me with Zotro is older; he's not in his prime. Maybe he's getting out of shape. I mean, he at this point he'd be in his forties. Yeah, so I mean, he's still. <laughs> He could still rock it, you know? Like, he could still do it. Mm-hmm. But could he do it like he could 20 years ago? Right. Yeah, and, so... You know, he's he could still deflect the bullets, but at that point, he's like, I only have two things. I can either deflect the bullets or take out the stand that's behind me, and he deflected the bullets, and then Whitesnake just kind of took the discs out of him. Ah, uh, so creepy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the aesthetics of taking a disc out of people. Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, you... It's a little reminiscent of Rohan's book thing. That I oh, never you, you just find it kind of like odd looking. And it just freaks you out. It, it's so I don't know if you remember this, Anthony, but I think I told you on one of the podcasts or Golden Wind that mm-hmm. of all the stands in all of the Jojo's anime history up until now, like the episode Ron Stone Ocean, the mm-hmm. creepiest stand to me, with exception of like maybe two or three others, is mm-hmm. Rohan's ability to read people like a book. Mm-hmm. The others yeah, would be you, you, in part did, three. You didn't mention that, yeah. The others would be in part three with the monkey and the baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the monkey, for sure. So those are creepy, but those are creepy in the. If you're a human, you're going to be creeped out by this kind of thing. Like, if you're... If you have any moral compass, if you have any inkling of humanity, the monkey and the baby will creep you out. But the thing about Rohan's stand and kind of about White Snake's stand, these aren't things that require humanity to feel creeped out. These are just things that trigger me specifically. Right. Yeah, because I've talked to people, like, the guy who got me into Zozo's, one of my really good friends, um, when he got me into Zozo's, I mean, I told him, dude, this was the creepiest stand up until now in part four. And he just laughed, and he had he couldn't stare to sit me, he didn't understand me. And I don't know if y'all understood when I mentioned it before, or even now, but that, those stands get to me on a level that I can't explain. It's interesting. Like, I'm not going to pretend to understand, but I could see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, like, I think 
it's and I could be wrong on this, but because those stands put you like in such a state of helplessness that yeah, one part of it you in the range, like you can't do anything about it. Like they're just what? gonna do to you what they want. Well, so in the case of Rohan, I mean, when he makes you into a book, one thing is he's reading your soul, and that that on its own, I'm not concerned with. But the way he makes you into a book and the pages fly open, mm-hmm. it's just it's just creepy to me. And then seeing the DVD or the CD or hell the Blu-ray pop out of the dude. Um, that that reminds me of Rohan Stand a lot. Right, I right. I just found the blank expression he gave, like before White, like after White Snake took the discs out, just like, mm-hmm. like you know, things just got. You knew that these villains are calculated they are not you know they're not playing with kid gloves like they are set for their goals they know what their goals are and how they orchestrated jolene being sent to jail because they knew like yeah jero cares about his family he just he just did it in a way you know in his own way that he thought he was protecting them because it right. was to show like like when he told jo- jolene it's like Listen, there are people. I killed a man named Dio. There are followers of his that are still trying to hunt. You know, they're still trying to hunt me down. They're still trying to hurt me. They're still trying to get to me in various different ways. And like for the longest time, he thought if I stay away from my daughter or from the rest of my family, they're not going to mess with them because like they know they're going to get nothing out of it. But they still attempted it with Jolene and they got him. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. He knew he was walking into a trap but he was still going to try because before he goes out he told her, I always cherished you. It's why he risked himself there and you know, it's at this moment that Jolene realizes like, this is the kind of shit that he, he's probably had to be dealing with even like after the events of Diamond is Unbreakable and Golden Wind. Like, there's mm-hmm. still probably devoters of Dio who are, like, trying to get to him. And so she saw, like, oh, he stayed away because he actually did care. So, like, the first time she was in jail, you know, instead of going out and, you know, visiting her, comforting her, he just said, I need to get away from here. So that they well, I think she was 16 at the time, too. 14. 14, yeah. okay. Well, it's a mix of that, and also he had a duty to more than his family at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, if these followers are still out there 20 years later, that's a problem. Yeah. We don't know the extent of his family. Uh, Joseph, <laughs> at this point, he's ancient. He's kicking, he's nearing 100. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming Joseph's dead at this point. Or bed, uh, or just or just like bedridden. I heard he's he's still kicking. He's just kind of like I guess bedridden now. Right, but he's like, that old. You know, Jolene didn't have a stand at that age like Josuke did. Like 
Josuke's probably not in any kind of danger from the Dio followers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that immediate family right there, those two, they are. Yeah. Because, like, he's he's in Morio, which is, like, you know, he's 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 stick, he's sticking to Morio. Morio is his town. He said he's going to defend it, so he's going to be defending it until the day he dies. So I don't see him getting in any type of danger going outside of that. But, yeah, yeah. No, like, I think at that point, like, and also we don't know where they were living at. Uh, right. Uh, Jolene and her mom when she uh, got arrested the first time. I'm assuming America. Right. So instead of like staying there and, you know, potentially drawing himself as a target, he just goes away further to kind of avoid yeah. people like that. So I think that's one of the, like, I don't know if they're going to expand on it more in later episodes, but that's kind of a way of showing like, hey, yeah, he was an absentee father. Like, he still doesn't have too much of an excuse of that, but he still cared. It's just like, we know how Jotaro is, so his way of caring mm-hmm. wasn't going to come out the most loving way. But that's just yada, yada. Right? <laughs> but like, just seeing that one good moment before he just goes comatose was pretty good. And, yeah, like I said. I mean, I think the reason he went to Tokyo as well is not just to protect a family in America, mm-hmm. but also Dio died in Japan. No, Dio died in Egypt. He died in Egypt. You're right. <laughs> You're right. That's what the whole part was, was about, Riz. <laughs> part four was that I'm thinking of would not Dio, but like the Mario. villain dying in Japan, yeah. Yeah, Kira. Kira died in Japan. Yeah. Uh, so. And also, it's just incredible to me that Dio's thing with, you know, the family has gone on this long. Yeah. Yeah. They're at a state that ties them together, still ongoing. Yeah. So. Uh, not to get off track here, but uh, we do know that uh, Jungali gets beat up uh, by Stone Free, and then Whitesnake uh, runs off with not just the memory disc, but Jotaro's stand disc. Yep. So one thing I kind of want to bring up before we get to the next episode, because uh, after this, we don't see Jolene for an episode. We get a yeah. character-focused episode. What do you guys think about Stone Free and its abilities? Do you want to go first, Riz? I'll let you go first. Oh, um, it's unique because normally we have, yeah, sure, Stone Free is like a fighting stand because you know, like you see the auras, but it's most it's very diverse when its abilities like it can literally like turn into strings and. And when she first used the ability, she just kind of like used it kind of like as a like a microphone in some sense, because from the armored truck that, you know, took them to prison, it she it can literally she can literally hear other people that are like very far, like not even that far away from her, but, but from a good distance from her and can still hear it clearly as if, you know, like. 
she can like hear it in her in her head basically. Chris, I love the stand of st- uh, stone furry. Um, it's definitely unique compared to like the other stands because it's fighting, like you said, but also it's utility because you can use the the coolest thing to me was the scene where she's hiding but the rat body had not the rat body the, the bird body with all the human remains falls underground she has to like string it out of sight so that uh guest didn't see it mm-hmm. right so that's not necessarily using the stand proper but using the stand's power and I'm not sure that I really see that often in prior seasons as much as I do here. Right. I think for me, it's with the last two stands of uh, Crazy Diamond and Golden Wind or Gold Experience, it's they had a utility to them where if they can get to their allies, they could heal them. And they weren't in really any immediate danger except for themselves. Right. Yeah. Whereas with Stone Free, from what we've seen so far, it doesn't have that kind of safety net that the other two had. Mm-hmm. But I also like how the string, like, it uses the strings, but if the strings get cut or if they get damaged, it's also affecting Jolene, because, like, it's her body that's also getting unstrung. Yeah. And so it's not just like, oh, I have unlimited string works. It's, hey, if they get cut or if they get hit, I'm going to feel this as well. Yeah. So I like that so far. It's not really, there's not much of a cop out to it that the other two had, which I'm not saying they're bad. It's just that they also had their abilities made it to where if they can get to their allies, they could kind of, they could save them. Whereas Stone Free doesn't have that yet. But what it does have is pretty wicked. Also, I love its design. It is just something so aesthetically pleasing about it. Is it because the string's so symmetrical? Maybe I I think it's just like the shades it has on. Yeah, yeah. the shades. <laughs> but I did want to kind of put in stone free because uh, I did notice like we're talking about the fights and kind of the history. It's like dude, we haven't even talked about their stand yet. What the fuck are we or what the f are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're an hour in and we haven't even talked about her stand yet. Yeah, what's wrong with us? Right. How dare we? <laughs> How dare we dare? Yeah. But, you know, she defeats Jengali, drags Jodo's body, which, goodness gracious, that girl is strong because she's able to drag that body from where they were at to the beach. Yeah. And, you know, we also kind of see the. You know, we'll talk about kind of this. Uh, crucial moment uh, here in a bit, but we kind of also see the planning that White Snake and whoever his user may be, we'll, we'll see in the next few episodes, I know people, but for first six episodes' sake, like, 
you know, we see how he's not leaving any loose threads around. Like, Jungali's like, did it? We got him, right? And White Snake's like, yeah, but you're a liability to me now. Shoots him and makes it look like a suicide. Like, White Snake might be the most plan ahead villain we've had since Kira. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. And so we get to kind of that crux moment. It's like, you know, the invincible Jotaro just lying there in the water, no movement, blood rushing out from the gun wounds he got, and, you know, seeing a guy who's been basically pretty unkillable, pretty unbeatable, just laying down like that, like, that that served as a wake-up call. Like, yeah, the villain of this part is not effing around. What do you guys... Like overall for like these this three episode arc essentially, what do you guys feel kind of going forward? Like, what are you expecting out of the villains, or where are you kind of like looking forward to seeing how the villains handle, you know, our main protagonist? So for me, I'm expecting I'm expecting a lot here. So on the one hand, I'm expecting to see more of the mastermind plan of what what are they trying to do um but as Jolene gets more confident and experienced with her stand i'm expecting her to get creative in ways that we hadn't really seen in the past in these kind of fights because you know um star platinum was pretty straightforward until it got the time skip capability and it got kind of complex and more powerful so i'm kind of thinking this might be another case where we have a stand start off being able to do a set number of things and then over time it evolves to get something else that's just different and that might be the thing that Jolene starts to leverage more for her future encounters with the bads um also looking forward to more of the fights. The fights are a must for Zozos. It's all aura 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 all the way. So yeah. Um yeah, overall, give me more info on the plot, give me more info on the characters, give me more uh info on how the stands work, and I'm good to go, man. Anthony. Anthony? Uh I'm actually looking forward to more um episodes uh i very much enjoyed um the way this is all set up and the emotion between um how jolene's dealing with what happened with her father and uh overall it was just very like you know they're now they're now stakes now you know it's not just get out of prison now it's like i have to see my father no definitely by any means necessary yeah definitely yeah, I'm also looking forward to seeing the evolution of Zillion and Zotero now that Zillion's starting to understand more of why Daddy Dearest was not there the entire time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, this three-episode arc uh, had some pretty heavy moments, which 
is why I'm glad the sixth episode was a bit of a kind of decompressor, you know, let you kind of get back into it because Jolene's going to be away for an episode because, you know, attempted prison escape, she's going to get years added to it. And before we move on, uh, uh, Emporio officially introduces himself to Jolene. And for uh, anime onlys, just make a quick note of this. You'll understand when we get there. But we get to the sixth episode, which is, like I said, bit of a breather episode. Uh, one of the funniest minor villains I think I've seen in a while. But uh, we see Hermes wake up from the hospital wing because uh, she grabbed Jolene's pendant that somehow wound up in the bathroom. Uh, touched it, and she uh, uh, developed a fever, which is kind of one of the things uh, non-sand users kind of go through before they get their stand. And Kiss is a very unique stand. Anthony, what do you think about Kiss and uh, kind of how it works? Um, I definitely remember like first reading it, and I'm just kind of like, wait, that—that's her ability. That seems kind of like odd, but like I liked it though. Um, it like I said, it's one of those unique stand abilities where like normally this would be kind of like how, how would someone how would someone use this, but then you realize that. There are various ways you can use this ability, just like I did in this episode. Riz? Sorry, repeat that last part. Again, uh, wait. Quite honestly, it's unique in the way it works. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just like the duplication and how it just like forcefully pushes the things back together after you remove the sticker. Yeah, especially on humans, that was kind of odd. Mm-hmm. And we see and. You know, the question I posed earlier was like, well, how are, how are these inmates going to be getting stands? Because there's no arrows. How are they going to do it? We see a glimpse of it when she uh, duplicated the mop that the janitor was using because uh, the janitor robbed her. And it smacks him in the face and we see two discs pop out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, you start putting two and two together at that point. And we got to talk about McQueen. All right, let's go for it. Ciao. Sorry, I had to. (laughs) When you saw McQueen. (laughs) So before we get to what he did, what what were you expecting him to do? Like when you when Hermes Hermes finally confronted him, what were you expecting? Not what he did. Not what he did at all. 
I mean, I was kind of hoping for like an aggressive, like, like, hey, back up. What are you doing? Get away from me. Blah, 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 you know, that yeah, kind of thing. I wasn't expecting it to be such a pushover. I, I is like, is that fair to say? I think I, that's fair to say, right? You got to have a certain mental state of mind when you when you attempt suicide that many times and, and you still fail. Yeah. It's because he couldn't die. No matter what he did. Like, granted, at this point, because we see also one of the most hilariously named stands in the tub. <laughs> Expressway to the underworld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But highway to hell. Oh man, the it does whatever you're experiencing, the person you sick it on is also experiencing. Yep. Like So like poor Go ahead. I was gonna say poor homegirl having to live through all the different things that he's gonna put her through. He's a tough one. Mm Mm-hmm. She is a tough one, and she was using that sticker, like, so effectively to avoid that. (laughs) Hanging, then immediately trying to drown himself. I think the drowning is my favorite one of the three. Because of how, like, you can actually see that, like... The way the stand works is that, like, you, like, whoever, if he, if he commits suicide or tries to commit suicide, the, the stand will activate and it will, it will initiate the same type of wave you're dying, way that he's dying, the way is the way you'll die because you're like, next to him. Yeah. And it's like, it takes the form of these, like, like, it's like, like, like a propeller almost, but like, I can't really explain it though. You mean for the water thing? Not just been just the, just just his stand in general. Just yeah, stand looked like it looked like some kind of ship. Yeah. Okay, not gonna lie. When I first saw it, I thought it was the uh, the uh, the stand from prior. That was the air aerodynamic one. Uh, uh, Manhattan Project. I think it was it was called. I couldn't remember the name of it. Thank you. I think that's what it was. But yeah, yeah, I thought. I thought it was that stand again, just in a slightly different form. So I was a little confused on how it got there. So, yeah. Right. Don't worry, Rez. I have notes for these things before we go live. So (laughs) we try to stay on on topic here. But, yeah. Well, names names are things I'm not good with. Oh, you're good. They rename them so often. Yeah. So, like. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still waiting because uh, Thunder McQueen is the villain's name. I'm still waiting for someone to make a shitty Lightning McQueen edit on him. Gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Just give it a few more days for the meme to get around. But when she finally confronts him uh, after Emporio, <laughs> uh, after she runs into RMS, runs into Emporio. Uh, so that she stops experiencing his suicide attempts. 
because yep. he goes into the infirmary, puts himself in saline solution to radically electrocute himself. Dude, I was so certain he was going to do it so many times. And then... Right. I think C was getting desperate, but also creative in how she's trying to keep him going. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a special kind of creativity to be like, I know how to keep you alive and give you hope. I'm going to flirt with you and offer you my underwear. <laughs> it's a certain hard way. As Brooke from One Piece would say, <laughs> let me see your pantsu <laughs> panties. <laughs> and I do like how McQueen was like, you're the nicest person who's ever been been to me. We should die together. And then we'll be there. <laughs> like, and she's like, you're evil. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because yeah, he... He falls for her, and instead of wanting to live for her, he wants them both to die so they can live for all eternity in death together. That's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you definitely belong. You definitely belong in here. <laughs> no, for definitely, sure. but def- he definitely belongs in there. And I just love yeah. how at the end of the end of the episode, he's just he just kind of like. I'm going to find Jolene because this stuff that's going on here, it ain't, it ain't cool. I I need, I need to find that girl. (laughs) She's like, Mm -hmm. F Whitesnake for putting me through this BS. I'm with you. And you see kiss fully manifest behind her. Yeah. Like I'm going to find out who did this to me. and I'm going to F him up. (laughs) And shot. Beautiful. And again, (laughs) like after, kind of the heaviness of the last three episodes like this was such a great kind of like breather episode because it was a lot it was more lighthearted, more funny situations suicide isn't something to laugh at but in the context of how it was presented here pretty pretty funny and you know gave you a chance to kind of breathe and recollect yourself and kind of get you prepared for the uh second half of we can call this the first season, right? Because I'm fairly certain we're going to get a new opening. Yeah, because, um, you know, you you want to know after episode 12, we'll discuss this on the second part of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. How did not tell me we're going to have total episodes? We don't know, but it's safe to assume probably like 35 to 39. That's what I'm thinking as well. So probably three releases. I think so. Yeah, I think we might yeah. get another release, maybe like another, maybe another month, maybe a month, monthly re- or two say, or two months. Say probably closer to March. Oh, yeah. Aired in Japan yet? Yeah, that's, that's going to be rough. Yeah, this hasn't aired in Japan yet. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were the first to get it because okay. they're not getting they're not getting this until like I think January. Till January, it right? On, it might be in Netflix Japan, but in terms of weekly release, uh, there it doesn't start till January. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. go double check just to make sure. All right, so yeah, I don't start, think it's gonna be... in go Japan. Ahead. It'll be televised on January eighth. Wow! Mm. But is it on what Netflix about... Japan? 
don't know. Is it they said in worldwide a... release in Japan? World. They said worldwide release in December. So I think it might be in Netflix Japan as well. But in terms of daily television, uh, yeah. Uh, what about what about Crunchyroll? Crunchyroll. They're not going to get the last one. Started Netflix completely. I think. I thought they were. They said they were going to like release release it on Crunchyroll, but not but not immediately. They're going to wait until like way later down the line. Mm, oh, no. I could be wrong. No, I think it. Uh, I think it might. I think because. I think Netflix paid pretty top dollar to get this exclusive release to be exclusively streaming on Netflix. So I don't think it will. Because usually whenever something premieres on Crunchyroll, it'll always take like a bit later for it to finally appear on Netflix. Same could be true for Netflix. Crunchyroll may not be getting it till the monthly release. They may not be getting it at all. But I yeah. pay for Netflix, and I don't have Crunchyroll, so this is fine by me. It works for me. I mean, look, I'm able to watch it. That's all I cared about. Um, uh, no, it was. It's definitely been a pretty fun six episodes, and I gotta say, that ending song. It's laughs good. It's laughs good. It really is. It's very beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I, once again, uh, they do something I didn't even think about, didn't know about, and now that song is on my uh, Spotify playlist. Heck yeah. It's pretty good. I'm just ready for everybody on the comment section to be like, in the comment section of YouTube videos, especially like older, fa- like, like older videos of, the, of this artist, like music, to be like, oh, this is a JoJo song now, so... One of us, one of us. <laughs> More like uh, JoJo fans going, this comment section belongs to us now. Basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's going to happen. Wait, just wait. I, I think I get a feeling that similar to how Last Train Home is, it might make you feel emotional <laughs> when part six is over. Oh, yeah. Especially if you read the manga. Oh, God. Whew. I look to you forward to y'all's uh, reaction to that when we managed to get there. That well, being said, overall thoughts on the first six episodes, guys. Rez, we'll start with you, Pepe. 10 out of 10 would watch again. Uh, that's the TLDR version of it. The not TLDR version is Jolene is absolute fire. I, I knew she would be good from what I'd heard on, on the net from friends. But I didn't know she would be this good. Um, I have a thing where I have like a ranking of all my favorite JoJo's, and six episodes in, and I can see her infiltrating top three. Wow. So I have a lot of respect and love for her so far, but we're only six episodes in. A lot can happen still. So I will not be updating my top three JoJo's until much later. Anthony? Definitely uh, 10 out of 10, like Riz said. And uh, I'm going to actually end up watching this again. 
You got to say it the right way, Anthony. 10 out of 10 would watch it again. 10 out of 10 would watch it again. And I actually am going to watch it again in English dubs. <laughs> got to watch the whole thing sub, but I'm going to watch it English dub. So just to see how cringy some of the uh, name changes are. <laughs> For, for a second, I thought you were going to say how cringy the voice acting was. I was like, no. No, 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 no. The, the voice acting is actually great on both parts. It's yeah. just, I'm just, because you you hear the, you, of course, the Japanese the Japanese are going to say the original stand names and stand, uh, and the, just the regular names of people who names weren't changed locally. So when I hear English dub, I'm like, I like the how they sound. I just don't like what they have to say when it comes to their names. Yeah, that's that's it. For, that's it, really. I have no issue with the with the dub whatsoever. Definitely, I think it's. Uh, I had heard oh, the and beginning. Oh, go ahead. And fun fact: um, the English voice actress for Jolene. Um, is actually similar similar to um, the Japanese was actress for Jolene um, because both of them actually were really big fans of these characters and they both made the dream come true by, by being able to voice, this, voice the character. And to add to that, the uh, singer of the opening wanted to sing the opening to part six and she got her wish. Like, Look at that, JoJo of- making dreams come true. A lot of people are getting their kind of wish fulfillment with this adaptation, but I love it. Okay. I I had heard from some friends or from other people about Part Six that it was the inverse of Part Five, whereas Part Five's beginning and ending were like not that entertaining, a little bit slow. The middle is just fantastic with some of the best fights in the series, and you know some some of the best development and growth. Whereas with Stone Ocean, the beginning and the end are like fantastic. The middle kind of comes, kind of slows down. And, you know, six episodes in, like that statement about the beginning being really good, it's like holding true. Like if it keeps going with this kind of pace and momentum and kind of fights, characters, like I could see it creeping up there, like at least top three favorite parts for me. It's like, really good like i don't i can't explain what i've enjoyed about it but there's just like something to it that's just been clicking like on all cylinders like how the pacing is going how the fights are going how they're animated you know the character development kind of you know the showing of like weakness the showing of like a real imminent threat like you know the person who was considered like the invincible one is gone already we're not even you know in terms of the overall release you know we're maybe a third of the way in and that like safety net is gone immediately so yeah like the stakes feel real Mm -hmm. and like it's been enjoyable and genuinely cannot wait for like the next batch of episodes to drop whenever they end up dropping but you know, we definitely look forward to kind of discussing the second half of this season because uh, it only gets better from this episode on. Like, yeah, the next few uh, fights and arcs are are pretty awesome. They're pretty. 
you know, to kind of hype you up, Rez. Like, uh, you thought some of the fights earlier were uh, wicked? You haven't seen anything yet. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But for that, uh, we are going to do it. You know, we had a lot about we had a lot to talk about here. And, you know, we thank you guys for joining us up. Hopefully the next time we do this, we have our other resident Jojo fanatic with us uh, to definitely get another perspective. But, you know, it's been fun. You know, we're here. We're just distant dreamers here along for the ride. Anyways, this has been Miguel Moreno uh, for Rizwan and Anthony. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Well, well, we'll see you guys next time. Take care.